Kashrus Online, their weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. Uh, very glad to be back with you again today, and we're looking forward to a wonderful show. But part of the show is your calling in with your questions and your comments, because we are going to ask you to give us some comments on some topics that we have uh, today. In addition to that, I just want to announce that next week, Bez Hashem Baruch, we hope to have Rabbi Fishbein from the CRC and the head of also of ACO, the Association of Kashas Organizations, who will be our guest. This week, we're going to do a few things. One of them is a little makeup, a little bit of discussion on a topic we took up last week. Someone came over to me at Talmud Chacham, and he had a discussion with me about a halachic issue. I wanted to share it with you. Uh, the question was that we mentioned last week that in an oven, if you put inside the oven, uh, you want to cook, let's say, milchiks and the rack is fleshiks or vice versa. Or maybe even if you want to do parvin, you want to cook uh, milchiks on a parva or you want to cook parva on a mil- you know, not a parva on a milchik, uh, great. On the inside of the oven, do you need anything between the pot that you're cooking in and the uh, grate. So I said what's preferable to do is to use a piece of tin foil in between. And uh, the question came up, but this is what the gentleman asked me. It's a big rough. He asked me, uh, what, why do you say you have to have something there? Technically, if it's not moist, then it's where two pots touch each other, two things touch each other, metal, and they, uh, they cannot transfer one from another without the medium of a liquid in between. So if it's dry, you can't cause any problem. So why are you concerned? So I explained to him that sometimes we have be'en. We have some physical residue from a previous use. Could be on the rack. It could be uh, some sp- spillage from the or or something is still there. Something fell off. It's still there. There could be liquid because something spilled. The liquid spilled over there. So a solid or a liquid might be still on there, and it may be small. You may not see it. And for that, it's inappropriate to use without a, a piece of tin foil in between. However. Uh, if you know that it's absolutely clean, so then there shouldn't be a problem. Elamai, there's, there's a different concerns here. Let's say I'm cooking a liquid now, so there might be a spillage now, even in my cooking. I take it out the pot, it spills a little bit, I put it back on again, so now I do have that liquid in between. And so therefore, the appropriate method, I think what any rabbonim would give out as a psak would be to do what I'm t- suggesting, to put a piece of tin foil in between when you're using it for a, the opposite min. So, for example, if you have a pot of soup that's uh, you're warming up in the oven and your only rack in there is from parva or, fl- or milchiks, so it's appropriate to put a piece of um, aluminum foil. I would even suggest, if you're really doing a liquid, I would suggest you put two pieces there in case there's any cracks. But uh, it does, is it absolutely required? So that's an interesting question. In, in Shulchan Arachayim, the halachas that are discussed, let's say Shabbos, Davin, etc., we say, the way they say it in Yeshiva world is that, that, that that's lechatchila. That's You're trying to mekayim the mitzvah, to fulfill the mitzvah the way the Chazal explained it, the way the Torah gave it. You're trying to do it the optimum way. And therefore, you always, whenever it's something mentioned in Arachayim, it's usually the way to do it is following. This is how you do this and this is how you do that. However, in Yeridea, very often, this is the way we say it, the Yorachayim is lechadchila, and Yeridea is usually bidiyevet. means that bidiyavad, if you did it a certain way, is it make a treif? So the answer is yes, sometimes, yes, sometimes, no. In this particular case, where two pieces of metal touch each other, the things that are inside are not going to come out and go through unless there's a liquid medium. So that, therefore, bidiyevet, if they touch each other, it's mutter. But whether it's lechatchil and mutter to have them touch each other, I don't know. Uh, if you see, if you, I didn't get a chance to look through Svarim, but uh, even if you would find that it is mutter lechatchil, which I don't believe you'll find, even if you find it's mutter lechatchil, and eitz a toiva kamashmalan, the best advice is what I gave you, a piece of aluminum foil in between. Now, this gentleman asked me, He's a hush of a person, and he asked me, but well, what's the difference then between that and the stove top? So the answer is as follows. The stove top, because it is a real fire inside, it's not just the heat of the oven, 
where the source of the heat is below, where the fire is below, and you get the warmth in the oven, but it's actually cooking right over the fire on the stove top. So in such a situation, it gets much more intense, and therefore we consider that even if uh, there's something inside the grate on the top of the stove top, that we say that it burns out because you're putting a covering over that grate, and it works like uh, a blech, like a piece of aluminum foil. When you want a kasher, they, sometimes they put heavy-duty aluminum foil on the top, extra heavy-duty, actually, or they put a piece of uh, material on top, like a, like a piece of blech, to be able to keep in the heat. And that way, you get it up to the maximum temperature. So every time you're cooking, in a sense, you are kashering that grate. Well, in the oven, even though it gets very hot, it doesn't work as easily and, 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 as, and as clearly as that. Plus, we have the spillage possibility. And I think that most people would know that, uh, I mean, this is my feeling. Maybe, it's, maybe uh, the cooks will say differently. But I find that things tend to spill easier or more often when you're taking things in out of the oven or putting them in than when you're taking them off the fire on the top. Because on the top, it's uh, shava b'shava. You're right there and you're just moving it. Uh, laterally. You're not moving it up and down. When you're moving it up and down, it seems to me that it's easier for things to spill, and not just up and down, but you have to go into the cavity of the oven and take it out of the cavity of the oven, and you're also afraid of burning your hands because it's very hot there, and it's very hard to manipulate, and therefore, I think it's more likely that things spill coming in and out of the oven, and I think that the grates definitely deserve to be that way, and the Rav Zatzal, that Rav Zatzal taught us that we if we do make our grates, uh, the racks in the oven, if we make them milchus of fleshics, the appropriate thing would be not just to turn the fire on for a few minutes, like we do maybe on the top of the fire, or top of the stove, but we, what we should do is put it into a self-cleaning oven. So that takes care of that shiloh that we discussed last week, which I thought was interesting. We went a little further now, and if you have any shilohs, ask your own Rav about it and have his opinion. If you want to discuss it further, so you can reach us at the office, 718-336-8544. But I want to mention today an interesting shiloh that I got asked, and it made me feel very bad, and I want to share it with you, and I want your opinion. I'd like people to call in, and this and you'll tell me, I can't see you, maybe clear that up there. I'd like to, if anybody is calling in, please let us know. Some, we would like to know what your opinion is of this shiloh, this problem that occurred. This is a call from a younger man in Lakewood. It seems that he goes shopping in a supermarket. And uh, I'm not talking about a from one, and there's plenty of them there in Lakewood. But the supermarket, the shop right, it's very convenient. They have a lot of good products, a lot of kosher products, and, and maybe even some Hamisha products there. And uh, the, probably the prices are pretty good. And uh, that's maybe he lives near there. I don't know. I can't tell you. But that's where he shops very often. And... He was buying a cereal, and he buys a cereal for his kids all the time. And this time, after he bought it, one of his kids came to him and said, Ta, there's marshmallows in here. And he looked at the box, and he looked at the cereal, and sure enough, there were marshmallows in the cereal. That he's, and he's been buying cereal with, from this company, this particular kind of, this particular product, for probably years. But it didn't have marshmallows in it usually. Now they've started putting marshmallows in it. Now, are there two types? Yes. There's the with marshmallows and without marshmallows. So, obviously, he made a mistake and bought ones with marshmallows and he didn't look for the ashkocha because there is no ashkocha on the label. The ashkocha is on the kosher ones but the marshmallows are with gelatin. They're not kosher certified. They're not kosher at all. And he uh, didn't know that this particular box didn't have the hashkocha and that it was a different thing inside that it had the marshmallows because the box looked the same. It was the same color. This, in all aspects, it was the same. I guess, I mean, I don't, again, I don't see the box. I never, she didn't show it to me. He threw it out. But I think that the box might have said with marshmallows 
and the ingredients on the top, the name of the cereal with marshmallows. It may even have shown pictures of the marshmallows on the cover. But obviously it wasn't something that was blatant. It was something much more subdued. And therefore, he got confused. Which, of course, leads us to understand that very often things are mixed on the place where we're buying things. And it's very hard to realize what the hashkoch is unless you check every box. Let's say, for example, you go shopping in the shop right, and they have the parav and the milchiks next to each other. As we told the story a few weeks ago, a very scary story of somebody that I know very well who went shopping in the, super, in the supermarket. I think it was also ShopRite, but it could have been Poethmark, I don't remember. I said it on the tape that day, but I don't remember which one it was. <clears throat> and he went there, came back with a product that he's always buying, which is uses in uh, cooking uh, meat and things like that. And uh, it, sure enough, it gets a sauce, and sure enough, this one was dairy. And after he had served it, after he had eaten it, after people in his house had eaten it, who were visiting, not his family even, outsiders came to the table, and they were served basar b'cholov. They cooked the meat with this milchik sauce, basar b'cholov. No, no, maybe it's the b'dievids, the abundance, the b'dabashishim. No, it was basar that's what he told me was being served by mistake. And he felt terrible. He felt absolutely terrible. And what happened is the same thing. He's used to buying this kind of product, and this is the same name, but this one has uh, some slight variation, and it has a dairy, it has dairy inside, significant dairy, and sure enough, the product was, was but it made a basabachal of situation. And he, he never would have done that. He would, he would have been careful. He felt absolutely terrible. And like this gentleman who I spoke to last, this past week also felt terrible. And they both felt very guilty. And, 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 they, and some of them feel maybe it's the wrong thing to go shopping in those supermarkets. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, my own feeling is whether you, go, whether you should or you shouldn't. But, that, but it should be that when you come home, first of all, you should check in the store. But everyone should have, either the husband or the wife, should be responsible to check in the vegetable, the fruits and vegetables, not fruits and vegetables, I'm sorry, the, the packaged items that we bought in the store to make sure that they're kosher, like a mashkiach does. That's part of the job of the mashkiach, to check things in. And we have to be like mashkiachim in our home. That's part A of the story. So again, they served, this boy ate cereal uh, with marshmallows, not knowing it wasn't kosher. The father bought it because it was all mixed together with the other cereals and looked pretty, they looked very much the same. And the only thing different between this cereal and the others is that they add the marshmallows. It's the exact same name, but, uh, but this is with the marshmallows. And he didn't check for the, he didn't see the marshmallows on the outside mentioned. And he didn't look for the, um, he didn't look for the hashkocha, uh, which it wasn't there. And the other gentleman didn't look for the parva d- indication. He just saw OU and he thought, uh, I mean, even if he didn't see OU, he figured it's uh, OU certified. And they put it in their shopping uh, wagon and they came home with it and they served it. And no one thought about looking at it. So that's part A. And w- when I was thinking about it this week, sure enough, I went shopping myself and uh, I don't go into this, this, those supermarkets very often. I'm usually in the Hamish stores around here. I don't need that, those other supermarkets. And I went in this Hamish supermarket, and I came home. And sure enough, right before Shabbos, I went shopping, and right before Shabbos, my wife commented to me. She said, did you know, Rabbi Wicklin, you realize what you got over here? You have hot chickpeas. You never buy such a thing. You usually buy chickpeas, uh, just uh, plain chickpeas. There's a hot chickpeas. Which sometimes the hot is so hot that you don't really want to eat it. You know, some things are really uh, are only special people could eat that that stuff because it really is very very spicy. And I, I said, you know something? I didn't even look. I I checked for the hashgacha, but I didn't check what I was buying. It looked the same as the others. They all were sailors. Four four different chickpea companies, and right in front of them is the price. They all had the same hashgacha. I don't know if they're made in the same place or not, but they all had the same ashkocha, and sure enough, one was 25% cheaper than the others, and that's what I bought. 
I mean, it was clearly you know, it was one dollar and something, and the other one was two dollars. Everyone else was two dollars and something. It was uh, it was easily twenty twenty five percent or more cheaper than the uh, the next one in line, and maybe uh, thirty or forty percent less than the most expensive one, which are all the same thing. But I didn't check and see these were hot chickpeas. So there, I I myself am guilty of not always checking everything, but I check for the shkacha, and that's what everybody has to do every single time. And the reasons why are even more than what I'm saying, because very often, you know, you know when you go shopping for milk, I, I, I know how you shop for milk. When you go to the store for milk, right in front of you is a, is a bunch of cartons of milk. And you look at them, and the first thing you look at is the date. And then you look around to see if there's a later date in, uh, packed into the same peep with the same uh, milk containers. And usually there is. Usually, and if you don't know that trick, I told it to you now. So thank me for that one. There are a lot of times, most of the times actually, that, the, uh, that several dates are there together, which means that one is going to spoil before the others. So you have much more time with the later one. And that's what, but, but they, they don't want to make it easy for you, so they put those all in front to get them moving, to get them out of here. So when you go in the store, if you fiddle around a little bit, not too much, don't spend an hour doing it, you could find something that's maybe five or even ten days later than the other one, and it will last and won't have a problem with giving out because some of these milks don't last as long as we like them to. So there, you, you do look like that. When you're going shopping for milk, you'd look like that. And the prices, everybody looks at. And the name, they're looking for the name. So look also for the hashkocha. Look also that it's parva. Look also to see if there's no other added ingredients that are not hot chickpeas. You got to do your due diligence. And there really is nobody to blame for that. And that really is all part A of this story. But there's a part B in this particular story. Oh, we got a lot of calls? Okay, but they'll have to wait just a minute. I'll finish in a second. The, uh, the part B of this story is that he called up, this, re- this young man called up the Hashkocha, and he discussed it with him. He felt it wasn't really appropriate that they had the same packaging. And the person he spoke to on the phone at that Hashkocha told him, you know, they called us. The company called us and discussed it with us and said that they're going to make a non-kosher variety now. Would I, we have any opposition? Is there any problem for them making that? And they make other products that are not kosher. And they sell other cereals that are not kosher. This is not exclusively kosher company. And so we told them there's no problem as long as you leave our Ashkocha off it. There's no problem. You could sell, sell the product with the, the same name product, but this one has the marshmallows, and people have to look for the ashkocha. They have to read the ingredients. Maybe they have to look for the picture on the cover with or with without marshmallows. Whatever it is, they have to do their due diligence. So that was part two of this story. Again, what is the point of part two? It's, is it appropriate for the cashless agency to allow the company to sell this product looking so much like the other one. You know, when it comes to Pesach, uh, companies like A&B, these, these are Hamish companies, go out of their way to try to make the Pesach product look different than the Hametz product. Because the Hametz product, let's say, filter fish has real, real matzah meal inside, and it really is different than the, than the Pesach product. And, it, and, and it, uh, people can make mistake and put it in, their, uh, in, in the freezer case. And people can make mistake in the houses. And therefore, they're very careful to make sure it looks different. So that's what the Hamisha companies do. But here, as a Goyesha company, does the Hashkocha have a moral responsibility to require that they have much more clear identification of a new, non-kosher product that sounds and looks similar and to the one that's always been kosher and that will be sold right next to it in the stores. Is that a responsibility of the company and the Hashkocha to tell them we won't accept that without changes in the packaging that are significant and show people that it's a new product? Or is that something that is uncontrollable that the cashless agencies have with. And I really would appreciate if some of you would comment on that uh, question 
that we have here. So uh, we're accepting calls now. Many calls are coming in. And if you want to call, just reach us at 718-683-5858. And I'll also like you to give you the opportunity to text us at 347-927-8398. Again, call 718-683-5858 or text us at 347-927-8398. And now I'll take your calls, but I really want comments on this topic. If not, then we'll try to take some of the other topics and we'll come back and discuss this further. Thank you very much. Go ahead. You're on, you're on cautious on the air. Can I help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the radio. Um, I want to know about about if I have uh, a grill uh. and and I put a franks on it and, and afterwards I want to put marshmallows. They have fish oil, fish gelatin. Okay. So first of all, a good question, excellent question. The halacha is like this. If it would be a keli, a utensil, that was used for fleshics, there's no problem in cooking fish in a fleshika pot. That's the, that's the common psak. And I don't know if there's somebody who's more makbid, but the common psak found in Shulchan Aruch all over is that you, you can cook meat in a, in a I'm sorry, ch- fish in a fleshika pot. And even if it's ben yomo, even if two seconds before you cooked meat, because the transference through a keli is not significant. So, so, so well, let me finish. I'm going to finish. But I, didn't, I didn't get to your question yet. I'm giving you a background. Give me a background. You'll get the whole thing in a second. So that's, the, that's the, uh, what the halacha is in Shulchan Aruch. But anything other than the actual keli, and by the way, that fish becomes, if it's ben yomo, so that fish becomes fleshix, and you can't have milchix with it, that, that's the, the problem with the, making a filter fish in a fleshik pot or something like that, because you want to serve it with a milchik meal, fish al shudas. Okay, we're not going to discuss that now. So, you, but what happens if it's a grill? So the grill is dirty and filthy, and it's very, very hard to clean, and it's unlikely that you're going to spend the time to clean the grill properly in order that there would be absolutely nothing there. If there would be absolutely nothing there, then I would agree with you. But since it's going to be dirty and filthy, at a certain extent, it's going to be moist, it's going to have the end there, it's really impossible to do it without a, a good little bit of time. You don't have the interest in doing that that detailed. And therefore, I would suggest not doing it that way. If you wanted to, so then you could revert to the method of using some tin foil in between. But again, you'd have to be very careful that you have at least two layers because here we have something that's really there. It's end. I recommend that you clean the, the grill brief, uh, briefly and put on two layers of tin foil. But if you wanted to put it right on, the answer is no. Excuse me, I have another question. Sure. Um, um, if I want to go into a 7-Eleven and buy... Um, by fountain soda. So we what, we, we, uh, we feel like this, uh, as this is this is something that each person has to look into them for themselves. Our position is that means my cautious magazine that I've been putting out for thirty four years. Our position is that uh, the way the world is set up, you do not have a guarantee on fountain soda that you're getting the brand name that they're telling you you're getting. So if it's Coca-Cola, you're definitely going to get cola. Whether you're getting Coke, Pepsi, RC, or something else, it's very hard to know. Now you're saying to me, what are you talking about? They don't want to kill their business. And but I, the people in the, in the trade say, if it's cold and wet, people don't care. And if they, go, if they run short, they'll fill in with anything. And if the other one's cheaper, they'll fill in with anything. And the people in the business tell me that they, that's commonly done in those soda machines where you have the, 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 where you have the, the fizz coming out, the, you know, the soda the, uh, the, the, the coming from one side and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, uh, fla- the flavor coming from the other side, and they merge inside and they hold that little cup there. That, that, those machines, very often people cheat on what they put in the machines. So even though it says the name, and they have the, very often they got that, 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 that name, Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, from the company, 
and when they put that in in their store, but there's sometimes they're not monitoring it and they still have it in the store. It's really not a good way. That's why we recommend kosher certified stores. The only one I know currently in our area is the 7-Eleven at Avenue J, which is under the Kuf K Hashkacha for their soda fountain, for their, I think it's for their, um, uh, their, their, um, I don't know, I forget, some of the the hot uh, uh, beverages, I'm not sure which ones right now, and for the uh, Slurpees. But that's only one we have in our area is the 7-Eleven Avenue J. Thank you very much. It's my shot because I wanted to ask you back about that. So I got it in. Take care. Okay. Thanks Thank for call- you. Thank you for calling. Go ahead. You're on Cassius on the air. Can I help you? Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. Okay. Uh, I'd like to make a comment to GSS to call in about Good. Um, the Cassius about the cereals. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm in the grocery store or outside the grocery store now. It, it's the responsibility of the shopper to look at uh, the boxes, and I'm many, many times I see the marshmallow cereals, and uh, I'm not tempted to buy those cereals without the hechsha, and uh, the person was, I, I, I'm, I say, was a little absent-minded when he went shopping, that he didn't pay attention when he was shopping, but I can't say that's the rule of thumb that we have to change the boxes for, for the cereals that contain non-kosher ingredients, you know, when it's with uh, Cheerios, with marshmallows, or, you know, you know, these things, I don't think it's necessary. Well, let me tell you part C. It's not really uh, connected to the story that I told. The, one of the Hashkochas just gave out an announcement that they wanted us to publicize. And it says that uh, th- this company is now certifying this particular product, but only those things that have its uh, uh, symbol on it are acceptable. Now, that's the funniest thing in the world. I mean, that's going on every single day that there are, somebody takes over Hashkacha. There's no Hashkacha before. And, and the boxes sit out on the stands, the same exact product, one's with Hashkacha, one's without the Hashkacha. And by the way, it could go on for that way for a year or two. And very often it goes the other way, meaning that people get used to the product being kosher certified, and they may go into a store and find the unkosher certified one being sold in a store, and sometimes right next to the kosher ones and not realize it because they didn't look for the symbol. So it, it is very challenging. And so I asked them, but why did you t- make this announcement? They said, because people are making mistakes. That uh-huh. people made mistakes. So in other words, yes, it is the responsibility of the shopper to make sure that he buys that which is kosher certified. Yes, it's our responsibility. But, you know... It, we have to be realistic. For example, I think, one of the, I think one of the classic examples, and I think you know about this, is that there's a variety of drink, I don't have to mention the names, but there's a variety of drink that they make kosher and non-kosher the same exact names. It's a, it's a fruit drink. A fruit drink. Tropicana orange juice? No, no, no. no. The, 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 the one that, that, no, people make a mistake with that. But they have to look there's the, more than the, that. The there's more than that. There's one that's very famous. I'm not going to mention the name. That everybody loves. And they, they make kosher and non-kosher. They like, the, they like the kosher one or the not-kosher one? No, they, no they're all, they all could be kosher, or almost all that could be kosher. But a lot of them are not kosher because they make grape juice products and other things there. So that they, the hashkocha only, if it doesn't say our symbol on it, it's not acceptable. And you can go into stores in Borough Park and Flatbush and sift through the drinks there. And usually you could find one or two that are mistaken, that were delivered by mistake. And uh, the man is busy there and he doesn't have a chance to check it. So therefore... It's your responsibility to check for each and every one. But most people don't realize it. In other words, we know what we should do. But the question is, it's hard for us. And therefore, A, you're saying, and I'm saying too, we have to try harder. But also, it would be nice, I think, if the cautious agencies could help us with the companies to make sure there's real changes in the packaging when something is not kosher, becomes not kosher, because it's if it's the same name product, 
it's very, very easily misled. And, you know, it happens with not just treif and kosher, but with parva and dairy. It's sometimes very hard to see the differences between the parva and dairy. You know, when th- we used to get the idea that dark chocolate is parva and milk chocolate is milchiks. Well, the milk chocolate is milchiks, but a lot of times the dark chocolate is also milchiks. <laughs> so you have to really read. Thank you very much for the call. Thank, thank you, Rabbi Wilkins. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure listening to you. It's very, you have a very nice uh, delivery thank in, you. The, in the class. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye bye. You should know that's not my cousin. Go ahead. Next call. You're on the air. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Yes, my name is Moshe. I don't need your name, but what would you like to talk about? My question is regarding the OUD, regarding right. the of Sound. Yeah. I have a question. It's very something. Uh, first of all, I have to tell you, I love your program. Okay. program is very professional thank, and thank very clear, <laughs> very detailed. Thank you. However, I thought about two weeks ago, you were talking about Hall of Stone. Okay. And I have a question. Uh, Ramosha Fines has a friend of the Burha, right? Right. The reason why he said Hall of Stone is Mitter was really made for a certain states in the United States where you are unable to get Hall of Israel. Right. But, I mean, today's day in Borough Park, Flatbush, Millersburg, all over, why should, I mean, even the five towns, why should a person buy Hall of Stone? Why should he do it even with Yevit, not even like Abchilah? The, quest, I mean, the question is better than anything I could say. You got a very good question. I don't understand the answer either. But it's sort of. It, it, but the point is like this: if a person, let's say, let let's say a little differently. Let's ask the, ask you this question. I, he lives in uh, in a city where there is no Hall of Israel. Okay. Uh, and he comes to New York. Is he mechuyev now to only use Hall of Israel? So even if you'll say yes, the point is he won't do it. <laughs> it, it would be nice. That's a achinach issue. But most people will not really change. I want to make, I want to make it a little more clear to you. You know, we're, we're supposedly, a lot of us, consider ourselves to be uh, from the word we use. Some of us use the word Haredi. You know, if we would go into Eretz Israel, they would not call us necessarily Haredi and from. Because a lot of the things that are available in America that we use are not what they use. Now, yeah, but I'm not talking about that. Okay, one second. Wait just one second. Let's, uh, wait just one second. Now, but if, they would be, if we would live in Israel, would we, maybe we'd be mechuyev to go ahead and change our standards, which we were used to from the cradle. And it's not so simple to do that, even though maybe you really should do it. it you have to be done in the Chavzuchot. It's very, very hard to do that. The people that change what they've been doing their whole life just because they're now it's more easily available. I have a friend who's in Eretz Israel, and he is what he calls Dati Lu'umi, which is, uh, if you can figure it out, it means that he's a nationalist. And, uh, okay. and, he, and well, he's I, a, I will be honest. My question wasn't here about... Let, let me, my let me, question wasn't... Let Go me ahead. just finish my story, and I'll, 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 I'll hear you in a second. I just wanted to finish the story. So he lives there, and he came to America, and he says he can't eat very much because he's makbed on Chol Yisrael, makbed on Yoshin, makbed on whatever you did, the Hashkochas. He's makbed like crazy because what? That was available in Israel, and he was there for 15, 20 years. Now that's his standard. But it's very hard for, the, for a person who grew up with heterim to go ahead and be macabre, certainly for a short time, and even to switch over completely if they move to Flatbush Borough Park. But you're but right, it's like a good this. question, maybe Moshe they should. Feinstein wasn't really giving it officially to be, to say, every um, store to open a section to say, cool of stuff. This was made only if you have no choice, and I respect that. However, why people come and say, we're having a problem, why cool of stuff, <coughs> excuse me, I mean, why is it that when there's so much on the shelves in any grocery, a whole of Israel with no problem whatsoever to this day? doesn't matter on Lake Food and Park like all over. Why are people trying to get hold of some when there's an issue that could be that's betrayed? Okay, so let, 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 let me explain it a little more clearly. Say, it could be trafe. This is a, a, a position which is, uh, which is held by the people who hold it. Hall of Stam is awesome in Hadin. What we, with those who followed Rav Moshe, felt that Rav Moshe was right, but that's how we trained ourselves, that, we, we, that Rav Moshe is right, that it's really that Chol in America with the controls that, that he claims we have, if it's true. 
then then maybe al piyalacha it's kosher, but it's better we shouldn't do it. So that. Yeah, but we both know that it's not like khila. It's not called machmer. Right. Okay. Whoever then, needs holy destroy is like khila, but okay. any doesn't if you murder him as long as you keep okay. the, the Jewish we, law. We have to go on, but I want to tell you, you're saying something, and maybe I would agree with you, but there is an opinion that m- many people had who were very close with Ramosha. I don't want to give names. Okay. They're very close to Ramosha, and they claim that Ramosha held, because he used the word Anan Sahade, which means that we are witnesses, which means okay. that halachically it's acceptable, the Chalistan, and according to some of these people, it has a din of Chal of Yisrael. And Ramosha is the one who made up the words Chal of Companies. It's not called, in all the countries, they call it Chal of Stam or Chal of uh, Akum. In America, they call it, he called it Chal of Companies. Means that there's like some kind of other dreidel, a hetter. It's nishtezei. It's not 100% a Chal of Yisrael the way he, uh, with, some, with people watching it in the, in the production. Right. And yet, halachically, it's not Chal of Akum. That's what Ramosha held. And some people hold that he held it was really the same din as Chal of Chal uh, of Yisrael, but uh, Rav Moshe was very clear in the tshuvas, and I mentioned it, and I, I, it's, it's very important for everybody to know that every one of those tshuvas says that for people who are uh, in, the, in yeshiva or people who can get it, it's, he always says if, it, if you know, only for the people who are far away, but otherwise he says it's kedai to buy the Chal of Yisrael, and he uses the words in the, for the yeshivas, he says, it's kedai for them to know that you spend money for a cheshash, for an iser. So he called it a cheshash. Even Ramesha called it that uh, on that level. So even though he's, on one hand he's saying it's kosher, on the other hand he means a cheshash. We've got to go on to other calls. Thank you very much for speaking okay, to us. Okay, have a great day. You Thank too. you. For- Before we get to that, I'm just going to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor, which is Rabbi Glatmart, located at 1205 Avenue M. When you go to Glatmart, you should get, you'll get, you have, uh, you save a price, so you have ser- increased service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmark. They have weekly specials that run from Wednesday to Tuesday. Some of the items that are on sale starting this week on Wednesday, Geffen Egg Noodles, 12-ounce, uh, $1.29. Geffen Mini Soup Mondel, 14-ounce, $1.99. Shibolim chocolate-covered pretzels, one sixty-nine. Lieber's snackers, two nineteen. And Lieber's whole corn, sixty-nine cents. Um, another, uh, if you like the meat, we we'll to get some of the meats over there. Family pack fillet steak, eight ninety-nine. Minute steak roast, ten ninety-nine. Oops, I'm reading the wrong thing. I read the wrong things to you guys. I'm sorry. me. I read to you what's available now, currently. The truth is that we have here the, uh, the, the different prices. So I'm going to give you the current prices for this. That was the current prices. But for this week, starting on Wednesday, Glick's All-Purpose Flour, $1.99, limit of three. That's five pounds for $1.99. Glick's Sweet and Sour Duck Sauce, limit three, $1.99. Mahadran Ice Cream, 56 ounce, $5.49. These are some of Glatmark specials, and they have top of the rib at $7.99 a pound, second cut brisket at $9.99. And you could save a lot of time by shopping, uh, by coming in on the East 12th Street entrance and leaving your car for the valet parking service. They'll have it ready for you when you come out. At Glatmark, they have Ashkocha from the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush. Base Yosef meets expert Nikor. At Glatmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glatmart is located at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dovin Glatmart, tell him you heard about Glatmart on kashras uh, uh, online over at JRoot. So now we'll go back to our callers. They have a caller. Go ahead. Anybody want to call? Um, y- 718-683-5858 or text us at nine at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Okay, go ahead, you're on the air. Yes. If I ate something milk eggs then and then right right after am I allowed to eat something that was cooked in a flashika pot? Absolutely. Okay. No problem at all. How old are you and where are you where are you calling from? Ten, I'm calling from Lakewood. Thank you very much. Which is Shiva? Thank you. Have a great day. Another call. Go ahead. You're on Kashas on the air. 
Yes, I wanted to discuss the issue of whether uh, Hashkata should demand that uh, a company change the labels for um, foods that are similar, right. uh, but one's kosher and one's not kosher. Um, and it, it, after thinking about it, it's an interesting question. I think the risk that you run is that the food company, the Goetia food company, is going to choose to go with a lesser Hashkata, obviously, um, that, that, that may... Uh, endanger the the cautious of everyone using that product if they if they feel like they're being pushed around by the well, that's a good question, uh, and, and, and there's no question that the kashrus agencies are not even afraid if they're going to lower the standard. They're concerned that they're going to switch the hashkachas on them to somebody else, even if it's the same standard. But they, want to, they don't want to lose the account. So they definitely have a pressure on them. I understand that. But if it's like everything else. If they were banned together, for all the hashkachas, let's say through ACO, let's say next week, I'll take, hope to take that topic up with Rabbi Fishbane. And anybody who's listening now, please call us and tell us what we should ask Rabbi Fishbane next week. If you don't get a chance, then email me at kashris at aol.com. But if you can reach us now, tell us what we should ask Rabbi Fishbane next week. Rabbi Fishbane is the head of the ACO organization, the, uh, uh, an organization of all the cautious organizations, I mean the main ones. And he's also the head of the uh, CRC in Chicago. So uh, we get a very nice show next week. But give us some questions you'd like to ask. So you're right. It's a very easy that they could go down to a lower standard. But if, they, if the conscious agents are united, then they would be able to, to effect a change and say, this is the standard that ACO has. This is the standard of the different conscious agencies. You could go to somebody else, but you're not going to get any change in, in what we're saying. That would be one way. And the other point is as follows. Everybody knows how they get along with the company. They have to change the label somewhat. They're not going to say their hashkoch on it, and they're going to maybe have to mention the word marshmallows in the ingredients. They have to mention maybe the marshmallows in the name of the product. So they're going to make a change. So the point is, give them the Eitzah Toiva. Let's change it completely. We recommend that you could, is it difficult for you to make that change? You know, we get along, Howie. You know, let, can we make this change? That's the kind of... Uh, Thing that has to be done, at least to try your very best to make a change. Thank you for the call. Well, one more thing, if I yes. might. Yes. Um, I wonder, and maybe this already exists, and I'm just not aware of it, but what about using more like text messaging to, for people to alert them of, of issues like this, and, you know, cautious alerts that, that come up? Well, I don't do text messaging. Uh, but we do have a, a, a publication called Kashrus Monthly, where once a month we send out all the updates, which is, uh, for most people, that's pretty uh, on time. And what we do is we do our own independent research. So e- even though you might see some things advertised in the papers, we go through it much more thoroughly with the Kashrus Agency, and very often what we print is completely different from what they have in the local papers. So that, that's something that many people have. We have a, a nice a number of our readers get the Kashrus Monthly. The Kashrus Magazine updates things every two months or so. We have five issues a year, and it really does give a very thorough understanding of what is happening. So that's our way of communicating. Yes, you could get something that's to be a texting uh, thing, and everyone would get an emergency thing. That could happen. And maybe on some big things they would do it. So far, nobody has set it up. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe in some ways it's better because it would, be, it would be very confusing. A lot of stuff is overkill. You don't want to hear every little, uh, every little tiny thing. So uh, sometimes that's, uh, it's counterproductive and people will just tune it out and not even listen to it. Well, that is everyone who, anyone who chooses to listen to it can right. listen to it. You know? Okay. But, uh, anyway, we got, we got a lot of calls. Thank you very Thank much you for the much. call. Take, take good care. Thanks. Before we go on, there's Thank a couple you. of uh, text, we should, uh, text messages we should read over the air here. Uh, people ask about the different, uh, the different uh, hashkachas on the, uh, the packaged salads. There's a very, very big difference. I cannot go through it now. And they're asking specifics about specific names. I cannot do it over the radio. I don't want to do it, and I won't do it. But, it, but you should know that the variety is very, very great. I just want to sh- tell you, I'm, I'm, I brought with me today uh, somebody. I see that somebody texted that in. I brought with me a package. This package is from Israel. It's lettuce. was for Pesach. It's called Yarok. Mehakfar, that's the name of the company. Yarok Mehakfar, which means greens from the, 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 the village. But anyway, Yarok Mehakfar. It says, Mahadrin 
which means it's mahadrin, it's done on the best standards, and there's no little bugs in there. The, the harakim is like the aphids or the, those, those kind of insects. How many hashkachas does it have? Four hashkachas. Two all year, and two specifically for Pesach. The names of the hashkachas are the Bells hashkacha, Machzikia Daza Bells, Rav Yaakov Elkovitz, who is the Rav of the... Uh, of the, uh, of the of the regional uh, regional rabbi of Lachish, it has hashkacha of the oh I'm sorry the five hashkachas I retract. <laughs> it has the it has the uh, Mahadran Rabbanut Yerushalayim. It has Chanichei Hayeshivos from Rab Mordechai Gross, and the fifth hashkacha. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Well, there's another thing called Mifal Shomish Shabbos, but I don't think that's Hashkoch on the, on the thing itself. It's just that it's Hashomish Shabbos. And then the, the, the fifth one is Rav Noyach, I can't read it too well, Vadvinsky, from the Rabudu of Lachish. Okay, so that's Lachish. That's maybe both of them together with Lachish. But anyway, the point is interesting. This was given to me by one of my Talmidim, and uh, he pointed out to me that he checked it, and he found bugs. So, uh, you know, there we are. You're going to say, you know, well, anything could happen. It's true that anything could happen. But to put on there five hashkachas, and it says, Mahadrin lelocha rakim, and he finds a bug. He says it was a nice-sized bug. And, and he's been trained because he went to, the, to us, the, the, we went to positive. But he's been, he's, he looked at it. It took him a second. He saw insects there. So here we are. Uh, you need a good hashkacha on packaged lettuce, etc. Questions? More questions? We have a, some Nisim, somebody else. Okay, you're on Kashrus online. Can I help you? Yes. Go ahead. Hi, I went to a convenience store one time and I saw like a slush machine. Yes. And it it had a hashkacha on it. It said it said Circle K. So okay. Now let me tell. Let me tell you, where, where were you talking about them? Where was, where was it? East 5th and MUP. Uh, East 5th, again, I don't know what that is. Uh, you, you really have to, um, your father should really find out what's going on over there. But uh, it's hard to hear you. Can maybe turn down the machine or something in the background. Uh, the, it, what's, hard, what's, hard, what's hard to understand is as follows. It's very rare to have these ashkachas on a store with just that. In other words, uh, it, to yeah, get... Yeah, uh, whole paper with it. Doesn't matter. I'll tell you what the paper is. The paper says that they're using the slush from that company that, had, that has that hashkocha. It's like going to a store, and this is something that comes up now. All the young people should be listening. It, it comes up all the time now. People start putting signs on the ice cream stores, listing ice cream uh, flavors that are under hashkocha, which they have in the store. But it doesn't mean the store is under hashkocha. Just because right. you see the symbol there doesn't mean the store is under hashkocha. And if the store is not under hashkocha, they're really misleading you because they're claiming that it's under hashkocha, but they're not Jewish. And they're selling it to you claiming it's under hashkocha. Where in reality, the place is not under hashkocha and, it's, and they may easily use something else. And the, we have no control when somebody claims to have the hashkocha. It has to be the hashkocha on the store, not on the food item that's been opened up. Once the package is open, there's no hashkocha anymore, even though they put a nice little sign there. And this happens all the time. You go to a store and you buy repackaged foods in a little plastic container. And it says the hashkocha of the, this, the hashkocha of that. That hashkocha is not giving hashkocha to the store. That sometimes there is hashkocha on repackaging in the store. You can find out from the store, but, it, but you can't assume just by seeing on the package this name. If it's repackaged, you can see that they inkjetted the label. You don't know whose hashkocha is all in the back. It's all done in the back, very often by non-Jewish people. Very often there is more than one variety there, and they may mix them up. You have no... And same thing with meat. It's very, very difficult repackaging. It needs to have hashkocha. Thank you for the call. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, we have another call. Go ahead. You're on Kasha's on, online. Hello? Go ahead. You're on, you're on the air. Yeah, this is Avram. Good evening. Yes, sir. I was listening earlier to the show. Yes. 
And uh, I, I just wanted to point, of course you have to dan, everybody got schus, but I know when I shop in ShopRite or anywhere, I don't, I don't just remove things from the shelf, even if it's the same company, the same kind. They, if it's a milchik, or it's, or it's, it's always like a different label, it's not going to be exactly the same. If they have milchik, and usually they're going to send it, it's like with something, and you have to look right away, why, why does it look different? We can't just shop with Baala, I think it's like with hasteness. A person is a, he just wants to get the shopping done. Let's, let's get it done. He doesn't have to be as a big mashgiach, like to figure out that there's something wrong over here, especially if he's shopping in ShopRite. If he's going to a kosher supermarket, he, he, pretty much he's safe. Halavai, uh, halavai. Avram, very often in the kosher supermarket, they don't have the time to watch these things either. And, right. And we can have many mix-ups. We've had many times that on Pesach, they put out products that are not kosher Pesach. Right, and I mentioned sure. before yeah. that they have these, these drinks, which you know, the fruit drinks, which are very common, that, that they make the same one kosher and non-kosher. It's very, very common that it happens. And a lot of times they're being sold in the store with no ashkach at all. Right. I went to a store that was, that was selling a certain thing, and I told them, uh, how could you do this in the middle of Borough Park? He right. says, it's for the Goyim. <laughs> I, mean, Goyim. I said, there's no Goyim buying over here. He says, sometimes yeah, we, we get a Goyim here. So that was his hetter for selling something which was not appropriate for the community at large. And I was also, uh, just, since you mentioned, I just had to mention, there are certain stores that sell like Hall of Stam, and certain people are very macro Hall of Stam, and they send the kids with money. I've seen it, and they buy, and unless somebody tells them, I was there, I told them, you know, it's hard time, you can't buy it, your parents don't let you. Okay, so and, you see and, then. Yeah. And, and the parents have to be careful with that, that if they send kids to a store that's hard time, <laughs> they should not assume that the kids are not going to buy it, and finish it before they get home. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much okay. for the call, Avram. Uh, before we go on to any other callers, we, I'm going to have a few things that we have uh, printed out over here on the uh, the texted. If you want to text us, it's 347-927-8398. And if you want to call us, it's uh, 718-683-5858. One of the questions that people ask is why uh, the cost of Chal Israel is so expensive. So I can't vouch for... The, uh, the whether whether or not uh, there's any overcharge, but to understand the topic a little bit, I'll explain it to you. First of all, uh, when you buy a 25 cent a 25 watt light bulb, you pay more than a 100 watt light bulb, and more than even 150 watt light bulb. Why is it so expensive to buy the 25 watt? Because they don't produce so many. The distribution is, is, is much more limited, and therefore the price is increased. Same thing happens here. Chal of Israel has a smaller amount of people to sell it to. A lot of stores to deliver to, a smaller number of sales. Therefore, to recoup their money for the trucks and for the buying and for the distribution and the profit, it's it's very hard to do it at the same price. Does it have to be so high? I don't know. One thing is very interesting. If you ever notice, when things are on sale, the people are still making money at the sale price, and sometimes it's way, way, way below what you're paying normally. If you look at the yogurts, I think you can see that. When the Greek yogurts came out, they were being all sold at $2 for the Greek yogurt. And then a competition came in. It went down to $149. It wiggled down a little bit. Uh, you can find it sometimes for sale at, a, at $0.99 cents a dollar. We talk about the Greek yogurts with Toba Chalv Israel. And uh, you could find a lot of competition in there. So there is a profit that can be made at a lower price. But I think you can see the milks are not so high, the actual milk itself. The Chalv Yisrael products, it, it is an expense. It, it does cost more to use these things. They are specialty items. They do spoil. There is a limited uh, mar, uh, sale, uh, amount of sales they can make. Is it warrant the pricing? I cannot tell you. And I don't really have much more time. I would Bye like... Bye. Before, I want to tell you something. Yes. Uh, the last two weeks, combined with Radio Alpine, 2004 yes. So we found that in Israel, I'm not talking about here, and that's uh, very upsetting to find that the, we try to now to do boycott on a meat in Israel, basically, and to tell the people not to buy meat in Israel because it's really, uh, I think that it's gazelle, and not it's only me, that what happened over there, they charge the cheapest ashgacha, the cheapest ashgacha in Israel, charging a five shekel on a kilo of meat. 
They're going by kilo. They don't go by item. They go by kilo. They don't go. It's amazing. It's redu It's become an unbelievable, um, you know, uh, trust issue in between the Ashgachah and the people. And the same and thing is happening in England too. I th I'm not so sure that these are uh, fault of the Kashmir agencies or, the, or even, the, I, I, even, the, even the people in the in the in the meat business. These are things I I don't think really right to discuss here on the radio because or on the on the on the internet because I think that uh, these are things that really have to be analyzed much more closely when you have an insider's point of view. I don't think uh, it's, it's no, clear. In Israel, no, in Israel, in Israel, it was an insider, and that's why we promoted. We just you know working with Radio Prime. And it's really, I know that it's not the issue, your issue, but uh, it's really unbelievable what happened going, going on with type of Ashgachot. And it's really a little, you know, the, the small man, the poor family that has to feed. And I saw in my eyes a letter from the meat importer that say that you can charge whatever you want from the Haredim because anyway they will buy it for, sh for Shabbat and, uh, and Chagim. Yeah. And this is really gazelle. And that's why we went off the air of the of the line, and all the radio alpine and the Kolchai and other other radio station in Israel just go and buy only wings. That's what the, what was wow. the slogan. Mm -hmm. Only wings. And then the last two weeks is working very nice. Okay, but, but uh, I'll tell you the trick. They'll raise the price later on, and you'll be, you won't be realize uh, it's it. No, no question. Anyway, let, before we end, I want to just make a uh, an give the opportunity. The people who enjoy this show and enjoy the Jaywood Radio to contribute to the station. I know that Nissan does unbelievable work. I don't go anywhere without meeting people who are listening to the station. Whether and I'm the most most hush of a people are listening to this station. This, you have no idea how many people of your friends or relatives and neighbors are all listening to, to, to J-Root. It's something that is extraordinarily, it affected everybody in the, in the community of Flatbush, Borough Park area, changed people around. And you see a lot of people listening from Lakewood and from other areas all across the country and the world. It is a wonderful radio station, and it, it, it needs the support, and especially we're now on the Internet. It's, it's, uh, it's harder for us to, do, to, to work that way, and I, I suggest everybody contribute. The easiest way to contribute is to just text us at 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. And I'm going to reiterate my offer that I had last week because Baruch Hashem, a number of people did take advantage of it. We will give you two free subscriptions. Take with you whatever you want for yourself, for your two, one to the office, one to the house, both for yourself, for your, for your father, mother, ch children, rabbi, whatever you want. For $50 or more to JRoot, we will, we will send you two free subscriptions to Cashless Magazine. So just email, uh, text us at 347-927-8398. Take a second now and do it. Just stay uh you know, call me, I'll take care of it, and we'll get back to you tomorrow. Uh, just give us your, if you can give us your telephone number or just the email address, the, uh, the, through this, the telephone, we can get it anyway, you have it over here, and we'll call you tomorrow and get the information about a credit card or tell you to write a check. So again, 347-927-8398. Just take a minute to give us the support that, that JRoot needs. And uh, I do want to hear from people about what we should be discussing next week with uh, Rabbi Fishbane. So be sure to listen to us next week. It's going to be an unbelievable show. The last show he did was unreal. He was with us a while back, and we were answering some amazing questions, and he was uh, flipping through the things on his in Internet site. It was just an extraordinary experience. He's a great person. Call, make sure to listen in next week to us. If you don't know how to listen, then the best way, 718-506-9099 or on the internet at jrootradio.com. That's J-R-O-O-T, radio, at, uh, dot com. And if, and if you'd like to text us to give a donation to the station, 347-927-8398. Thank you very much for listening to Kashrus on the Air. We have another minute? Okay, so we have another minute then. Very good. So you want to take a phone call? Yeah, go ahead. We'll take a last call. Go ahead. You're Hello? on. You're on. Cautious on the air. Go ahead. Yes. Hi. Thank you for your show. Really appreciate it. Uh, real quick, I just want to. I'm a little curious on how, how is it possible that, um, like, a place, um, 
for example, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, um, something that's open 24 hours a day on Shabbos and on, on Pesach, how, how could that have a hashgacha? Okay, that's a good question. First of all, I'm not a fan of that hashgacha, of, of, of certifying such a place. I'm not a fan of it. I hold as a question about bishalakum on the donuts themselves. And I agree with you, it's almost impossible to properly supervise it. And they have found non-kosher products being in, used in the ovens there. Mm-hmm. The work is bringing it in, using it, late hours, etc. So definitely there's an issue. But those kind of issues exist even in a pizza store. In the middle of Flatbush Borough Park, we are very often we found that uh, three o'clock, I'm sorry, four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock when they're starting to open up, that somebody will go ahead and use that oven for something that's not kosher. I mean, it's happened right here in Flatbush and Borough Park for sure. And we found in the middle of Borough Park, we found non-kosher products being brought into stores, even with Ashkacha. So it, it isn't something that you could say that, uh, that, that you cannot possibly give Ashkacha. It's a question of if you understand how cautious works and you know how to set it up, you can do something that's very good. There's no question that, for example, these, the, um, the package products that you buy, if it's not a Hamish Ashkacha, it definitely was made on Shabbos and Yom Tov by Goyim who are working there without any mashkiach. Most of the, uh, the factories have no mashkiach on the premises. They only come and go on a once-a-month basis, once every few months, sometimes once a week. And in certain situations, they come several times a day. But it depends upon how they decide you, how much hashkocha that they actually need. But no question that most of our products, unless it's Hamish, are being done without a mashkiach present. Uh-huh, I see. That's the, that's the secret. <laughs> okay, now you learned it. Thank, okay, thank, thank you. you very much for listening, and we wish all of our listeners uh, a, a wonderful week, and we hope to hear from you next week on Kashrus on the Air.